On today's catalytic coaching conversation, I really want to speak um, a little to uh, to something that is becoming a growing concern, and that I have shared about, especially in one-on-one conversations, for quite a while. I call it strength shaming, and it is the subtle or obvious attempt uh, of people trying to make your strong wrong right? Some of us are by nature wired with a great degree of intensity, of agency, of expression, talent, and uh, personal strength. That's how some of us are wired. And that wiring is connected to our purpose. It's connected to our utility on the earth. It's connected to our service, our vision, our mandate, our assignment, right? Because God does nothing outside the context of his purpose. So how he wired you is really within the context of his purpose. It's not so that it's not for any other reason beyond you being at your best so that you can serve the unique purpose, the unique mandate he's going to place on you when you get on the earth realm, right? So you came with an assignment, you came with a mission. And your wiring is uh is meant to be uh you know, an advanced facility that has been placed, an advanced investment placed on you so that you are able to fulfill your mission. So yeah, some of us are born strong. We're born with a greater degree of agency, talent, uh, expression, strength than our other contemporaries. Everybody has an enormous degree of strength, but we express our strength in different ways. And strength shaming is when other people try to talk you down and make you lose your voice simply because your expression of strength gets them uncomfortable, makes them feel questioned, or makes them feel intimidated. Uh, If you're a strong person by nature, you've got a lot of agency, a lot of expression, a lot of personal will, and a lot of capacity to do what you set your heart to do, you're going to make people uncomfortable, right? And because we are in a cultural context, or how do I put that? Because of the unique context of the African culture, if you're an African strong woman, the likelihood of strength shaming actually almost triples. And I find many of my one-on-one clients who've lost their voices, I find many of my friends, many of my proteges whom I mentor, many of the women that I lead and counsel in other settings beyond coaching, uh, church, workplace, neighborhood relationships, family, I find a lot of naturally endowed, talented, strong, um, natural leaders. I find a number of these women cowering and shrinking and losing their voice because in the different settings that they find themselves, whether it's church, marriage, the workplace, even in personal, even in building their own business or vision, there, there have been many cases where your strong is made to look wrong and you learn to be quiet, you learn not to express yourself, you learn to uh, just gentle up because gentle 
has become synonymous with virtuous. Whereas in the real biblical root context of the word virtue is actually associated more to things like force, militia, i.e. military resistance. That's what virtue actually is more like. And if you drop your uh, the cultural filters through which we have viewed a virtuous woman and you honestly, objectively explore Proverbs 31, which is a strong scriptural reference for virtue. When you look at that woman and you read her carefully, right, what really comes through is not, you know, is not, it's not a subjugated, voiceless, quiet, fearful woman. It's actually a powerful driving woman who has almost an inexhaustive internal motivation that causes her to build empires and hold down her home, her conglomerates, right? It, it shows you the imagery of an enterprising, visionary, committed and harmonious woman who is balancing her love for family with her love for industry and doing well with those who serve her vision with her right but the the coinage and the utility of the word the virtuous woman over the years what does that look like especially in 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 the church setting is a woman who is covered up who listens to a husband and these are great things right and i know you know my heart already so i don't have to explain myself too much who listens to a husband and who is respectful to everything in trouser i.e men and who really cannot hold uh, a differing opinion because if she's holding a differing opinion and is uncomfortable to others, then she's rebellious and rude and she's forceful and even husbands of strong women's strength shame them unconsciously and sometimes consciously. Even husbands with great intentions sometimes strength shame the women and make them feel like they're not submissive simply because they feel different about something and express themselves firmly in a conversation with their spouses. And it feels like you're arguing with me, you know, you're refusing my authority, you're disrespecting me. And this also happens because men in our generation didn't have models of fathers who were secure, who understood leadership, um, not to be territorial, authoritative dominance, right? And they haven't been those models who exemplified love, who modeled the right values, who allowed their children and spouse to have a voice and express themselves, you know, without making everything about them. What most men in our generation had were either absent fathers who didn't have a limb, a word, a voice in their homes and left the responsibility of building uh, the family to their wives or on the other side end of the spectrum men who were like the lion of the tribe of their home you know whose words were law and who you know were not engaging with their family engaging with their children but were just handing down commands believing that it wasn't it was good enough to simply fund the family right and they just put money on the table and that makes them gods 
we didn't have many fathers somewhere in that assertive, fine middle line of both family love, compassion, and then leadership, setting an example, and showing a vision that molded the behavior, the mindset, and the character of their children. And so because they didn't have that, they get married and they want to template the madness right in the midst of the 21st century trappings of great jobs fine beards yoruba angel and you know um a bit more exposure and liberality underneath all of those trappings are still strong stereotypes and templating right of the nonsense that was modeled to them and so there are husbands or strong women who are visionary who are driven who have a perspective who see themselves as empire builders not chefs who want to pride themselves in the best meals right and these things are not bad i love to cook i love to cook for my family right but i do not feel like my identity is found in in how great my cousin is, right? And this is such a, a tricky, sensitive conversation. But what I find happening is women with agency, women with grace and strength, women who are multiple persons in one in that sense, women who are extraordinarily gifted, women who have a calling to be in the forefront so many of so many of them have been quieted and that is sad and i started to pick a burden and an assignment to go out there and re-robe women who have given up their crowns given up their thrones and derobed themselves from their strength women who have lost their voices just because someone kept making them seem rebellious and angry and bitchy it even happens in the workplace you can't complain about mediocrity. Somebody's going to say they're traumatized and their boss isn't kind and nice and their boss isn't caring. And all of those really heartbreaking patterns that we continue to fuel in a strongly patriarchal environment. You'd have a driver who has a problem with a 30-something-year-old who bought her own Range Rover and he's going to be treating her disrespectfully because he thinks that she's the wife of a rich man because in his paradigm, she could never be that young and be able to buy herself a Range Rover. And so he's, she's paying him for him to have this subtle patriarchal nonsense with her. And she won't even know how to react because if, he re if she reported the situation to her husband, he's subtly going to inject his own insecurity and say, hey, maybe it's the way you spoke to him, right? And these things go on sometimes for decades till women learn to hide their majesty and hide their beauty. And there's, there's a kind of a church you can be in that would even fuel this fear to be yourself. While I'm still going to have a separate conversation about what you can do for your strength not to become a weakness because you really have a responsibility to make it easy for others not to be intimidated around you because if you're strong, you can be overwhelming, right? But you've got to be able to find that fine balance between not losing yourself and others not losing themselves around you. And we are still going to have that whole separate conversation. But for today, I just want to turn on the light 
on your glory, especially if by nature you're a born leader, a born visionary, a born valiant vessel with a word and an assignment for the world. Stop cowering down. Stop going to spaces that further deepen your, your turmoil where your strong is made wrong. Start intentionally choosing to surround yourself with drama-free relationships where you're enough and where you can even aspire to more. Be in spaces where your current success is somebody's past and they can, they can inspire you to even greater heights. Your dream is not too big. Your desire is not too enormous. You're powerful beyond measure. And as long as you keep shutting that glory up and as long as you keep hiding that majesty, as long as you keep tuning down on the volume, let me tell you what is more important when it comes to the voice you have. It's more about tone than volume. Right? We modulate the tone. We don't modulate the volume. You've got to be heard. And some of us have modulated our volume so much that we don't hear ourselves again. And that's what they want. To every sister like me who has ever been strength shamed, what matters is for you to find your feeding system and continue to set your eyes in the right places, looking at people and prototypes like yourself that have broken through the mold and the barriers and broken beyond the limits and the ceilings to become. And I want to challenge you to a higher aspiration. Not losing your voice isn't just about yourself. It's about those that you were giving a voice for. Let me tell you how it's done. It's this interesting equilibrium that God created in humanity. You have a greater voice than the average person because you would be the voice for those who don't have a voice. And if you've lost your own voice, how do you speak up for the oppressed? How do you speak up for the younger generation? How do you model an example to your sons and your daughters? How do you go out there and elevate the quality of life for others? When you're grappling with wondering if you're too much, if you're too strong, if you've been rebellious, if you've been a Christian by being an army and an army shaper. Go do you, baby. Go find you. Nurture her back to her feet. And stop hiding. Because your seat is set on a hill. And you're a lamb that is not meant to be hidden. You're a lamb. That is not meant to be heeding. Okay, let's have a conversation about this. Has your strong be made wrong? Um, and very soon, I'm going to be sharing with you specific steps that I've used and I hope you will use to, to really um, not make your strength overpowering, but to become a tool of healing and blessing for others. I love you so much. I'm really proud of you. And I will see you on Saturday.